Hello there, my name is Danny Yeoman, wild bird expert for Pets Corner and developer of Peter and Paul Bird Foods. Welcome to the next of a number of podcasts detailing some of the amazing birds that we see and feed in our garden. Every week we're looking at a different bird and this week we're looking at a bird that isn't always everyone's cup of tea but still splendid, Rook. The only real chance of seeing a rook in your garden is if you live near a rookery in a village or small town. But if you do, as they're so noisy, you hardly need them pointing out to you. The rook is a highly sociable bird that likes the company of its friends, but doesn't seem to be keen on the company of humans. Perhaps that's unsurprising considering the number of rook pies that were eaten until recently. One reason you might not see them in your garden is because rooks are very attentive birds to their homes and they build their large colonies or rookeries near farms and farmland, sometimes in huge communities up to a thousand nests, built on the top of tall trees. These rookeries last a very, very long time and if you remember one from your childhood, go back and have a look. If the trees are still there, the likelihood is that the rooks are there also. While other birds abandon their nest after they've finished with them, rooks often stay within the vicinity of them throughout the year and can even be seen in the dead of winter making running repairs. My wife probably wishes that I had the same level of home management. Rooks are one of the most quintessential rural birds. For me, no trip to an English country village with a church tower, cricket green and local inn serving foaming pints of beer would hardly be complete without the sight and sound of a rook. I've always found it strange that rooks have never moved into larger towns and cities. Maybe it's just because these places hold nothing of interest to them. It seems odd to me that a bird that can seem quite at home at the side of the motorway, picking away at a bit of old roadkill and oblivious to the traffic hurtling past them, should be so wary of living alongside lots of us. But then their omnivorous diet has never forced them to look further afield than the countryside. Besides, if you spend all your time in the towns and cities, there's not going to be enough room for all your friends, and rooks do like to be with their friends. Rooks are often confused with the black corvid cousin, the carrion crow, but up close it's easy to distinguish rooks and crows by the bare greyish white faces. They also have a thinner beak, a peaked head and more iridescent purpley sheen to their feathers. Don't worry if you do have a problem separating the two, lots of people do. Take the expression as the crow flies. This actually refers to rooks who do tend to fly straight lines when returning at dusk to their rookeries, where crows seldom do. They're hard to tell apart from a distance, but if you come across some blackbirds in a field, here's a handy tip. If there's many crows, they're more likely to be rooks. If there's only one or two rooks, they're more likely to be crows. Like many other members of the crow family, the rook figures heavily in folklore and sudden desertion of a rookery was said to be a bad omen for the landowner. Rooks are also believed to indicate rain through their behaviour, and legend has it that they can also able to smell approaching death. The collective noun for rooks is a parliament. This strange term is referenced to the rooks gathering in a huge circle around one or two individuals. Various historic reference suggests that a fight between the birds in the middle sometimes break out, or the birds in the middle were attacked by those from the edge. 
The assumption is that rooks in the middle are on trial, and so this is their parliament. It is amazing how black feathers can create such a gloomy folklore. The rook is about the same size as the carrion crow, but it's more untidy in its appearance. A rook's plumage is all black with red or purplish gloss, but around the base and the beak, nostrils and chin, is bare skin, which can look whitish. The untidy appearance arises from the slightly peaked head and the thigh feathers, which look like baggy trousers. Just to add to the confusion, juvenile rooks do not have bare skin around their face or bill, and so look very much like a carrying crow. But don't worry, they still have the reddish-purple gloss to their plumage and the baggy trousers. The rook's name derived from its call. It was originally referred to as Hark, which is a lovely rendition of one of their many vocalisations. Rooks are extremely talkative and have a range of metallic notes with sharp fragments as well as the more drawn out car. But rooks are rarely alone and so their raucous calls can become overwhelming, especially if you live near a rookery. As I've already mentioned, rooks live in a colony called a rookery, and one of the drawbacks of living this way is that you are just one in a crowd. You have to find a way of standing out from the rest. Once the breeding season arrives, male rooks spend a lot of time strutting around in front of their prospective partners, bowing, posturing and cawing, and if he senses success, emptying the contents of his food pouch into her mouth before mating can take place. How very touching. The rooks' bulky nests are built high in the treetops and are made from twigs bound together with earth, lined with moss, leaves, grass, wool, hair. Between March and April, the hen lays three to nine smooth, glossy, light blue, greenish blue or greenish with white spot eggs. She incubates them herself, but after they hatch, both parents feed the young. Young rooks will stay with their parents for about five months, then set off by themselves. It is not unusual to see groups of young birds swooping together in autumn skies. Being a blackbird, unfortunately rooks get tarred with the same brush as the other corvid cousins. But unlike magpies and carrion crows, rooks don't normally take eggs of young birds. Their diet mainly consists of cereal grain, insects and earthworms. Plus, a little bit of carrion. As I've already mentioned, for a lot of us the bird will not visit, and sadly for the people that do, they're not always welcome. Rooks have a habit of swinging on feeders and scaring the smaller birds off, 
And this can often be a nuisance on garden bird feeders at any time of the year, but during the spring and early summer months, this can increase. This is because rooks nest in colonies in tall trees, which might be in parks or woodland close to towns and villages. And during the breeding season, rooks have up to nine chicks to feed, so they're looking for local food, and easy local food if they can get it. The garden bird feeder therefore becomes a prime target. Once the young birds are fully fledged and no longer reliant on their parents for food, rooks tend to disperse and feed in flocks in fields and other open areas. Now the solution to the problem? A pet's corner great and small squirrel proof seed feeder. Rooks don't enjoy feeding from a feeder, they're naturally ground feeders, so putting a cage round the feeder will completely solve the problem. Once the cage feeder is put in place, not only will the rooks not be able to get the food, but they soon learn that they can't and will largely stop coming to your garden. However, before you consider entirely deterring rooks, here's a final thought. Rooks, in moderation, can be entertaining and interesting to watch. So along with the measures outlined, putting a handful of the seed they enjoy, seed mixes like Peter and Paul Mealworm Mix and Peter and Paul In Full Song on the ground once or twice a day, will ensure you can still enjoy them from time to time. Remember that rooks need food, just in the same way as robins and blue tits do, but they won't be hogging the feeders all day and scaring off the smaller birds. Although during the winter our British population are joined from birds from Scandinavia and the near continent, such as Germany and Holland, UK rooks are very much stay-at-home birds. When not in the breeding season, they congregate in large colonies, often in fields during the day to feed, and at dusk they will meet up with other large colonies of rooks, jackdaws, crows and even magpies, to roost in the same place every night. Rooks seem to be doing really rather well, with a population increase slightly year on year, and so they have seemed to have adapted to the various change in agricultural practices that many other species have been adversely affected by. Whether you live in the town or country, you can help look after garden birds by providing a wildlife friendly garden that includes water and having the very very best food available for them, foods like Peter and Paul. For more information regarding Peter and Paul Wild Bird Foods, please check out the Peter and Paul website at www.peter-and-paul.com or pop into one of their wonderful Pets Corner stores. And the nearest store to you can be found at the Pets Corner website at www.petscorner.co.uk. Well, that's it from me. I hope you've enjoyed this look at rooks. For further birds, please continue to check out the stream, and I look forward to speaking to you soon.